The White House Coronavirus Task Force tells people to avoid bars. I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to take you back to an unpleasant moment in time. Stay at home. Stay home. Stay safe. Back to early 2020, when the COVID-19 lockdowns first went into effect. People all over were sheltering in place, staying home, trying to social distance, just trying to figure out what their lives were going to look like going forward. Some people took this idea of isolating even farther. They set out for remote islands or deep into the woods. Brent Underwood was one such person. You know, I I came in my little Texas two-wheel drive Tundra that had street tires on it. And not thinking that, hey, March is still probably snowing up at Cerro Gordo. And so I didn't even make it into town the first night. You know, the, the truck was just sliding all over the road. I ditched it there. And that was kind of the beginning of the wildest three years of my life by far. You know, it was kind of a fitting begin to it. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, I'm talking with Brent Underwood, a man who is trying to bring a historic ghost town back to life, even if he has to do it all by himself. So I thought, what better place to socially distance than an abandoned mining town with nobody for many miles in any direction? More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. So maybe you could start uh, just with who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Brent Underwood and I own the abandoned mining town of Cerro Gordo. <laughs> that actually, I've done this a lot and I ask this question to everyone. That's gotta be one of the best answers to what I do. You know, it's like highly specific. Brent came to Cerro Gordo at the very beginning of the pandemic in March of 2020. He had previously purchased the town with the help of some friends and he was leaving behind this really successful life in Austin. He was leaving the bars, the restaurants, and the busy residential streets that he knew for a deserted town on the top of a mountain with an abandoned hotel, an abandoned saloon, an abandoned post office. You get the idea. I wonder sometimes what my life had been like if I had stayed in Austin, you know, not gotten in the truck, not come out here. Um, I don't think that I would have had as 
fun of time as I had for the last three years. I don't think that I would have like grown as a person as much as I did over the last three years. And so I think that while difficult being up here, I, I love it up here. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be here. And so I just think that every day it's pretty fortunate that I get to do something like this. What initially caused the purchase? You said you bought it back in 2018 and, you know, obviously you kind of maybe hadn't figured out exactly what you were going to do yet. Like what was the, that process? Yeah. So like I was, I've always been obsessed with history. You know, I've been a big history nerd growing up, like especially the American West, it just holds some type of allure. I think in the American psyche, it's just something about that, you know, growing up, my grandfather watched Gunsmoke every day, you know, just on repeat, he lived with us. We just watched Gunsmoke over and over and over. Um, and before this, again, I was in Austin and I had a bed and breakfast or hostel that was located in a Victorian mansion from the 1800s. After a while, I was kind of looking for a bigger project. So I was thinking, Hey, what, what could be kind of the bigger adventure? Um, and so I was looking at some different things and a friend of mine lived in Los Angeles and he sent me this link that was like, you know, buy your own ghost town for, you know, under a million bucks or something like that. And I was like, all right. And he sent it almost as a joke. He's like, this seems like something about your alley. (laughs) It was amazing, you know. Immediately, I, I had flashbacks to my grandfather. The, the aerial photograph was just like out of like some painting or something, you know. There's all these sun-baked buildings against these mountains that I'd never seen growing up in Florida, and I was like, man, that is like the coolest thing ever. Um, and reading more about it, it just grabbed every part of me. Cerro Gordo is a town with a pretty famous history. At one point, Cerro Gordo was the largest producer of silver in the entire state of California, and At its peak, it had nearly 5,000 residents. But by 1957, the town was officially deserted. It continued to pass through a series of owners over the next years, but no one really lived there. At least not until 2020, when Brent showed up. Originally, when we got the property, I kind of thought, hey, maybe we do some some Airbnb, you know, we even explore some different options of things that we want to do the place. But then I met a guy that lived in Austin and he said, listen, uh, you shouldn't do anything up there until you live there for about a year. He's like, the property will speak to you. You know, you have all these ideas now, but you're trying to force your vision upon a place. You know, like, you should go out there and live for a while and kind of hear what the town has to say to you. What is it like being quarantined there during the pandemic? The initial experience is very solo, you know, one that was just kind of like my own adventure to have. Man. I, I almost wanted that though. I, I thought yeah. this was like the most yeah. adventurous that it could become was kind of this idea of being here by myself to experience the land, especially during some type of a snowstorm during a pandemic. Selfishly, it felt like safe. You know, I just feel like that I was, I was very far removed from everybody. You know, there's a lot of fear, I think, really at the beginning of the pandemic, like what's going to go, where's it going to happen? Um, you know, the idea of being in big cities was not something that was terribly appealing. And so I just felt At least out here, you know, I have my distance, I have my space. But Brent always had bigger plans for the town than it's just a place to call home. He has this vision that he really hopes one day to be able to share. From day one, I've always wanted to make this a place that's always open to the public. You know, I think that this is an important place to stay open, say visitors come. You know, even today, we just had somebody knock on the door that's a visitor, you know, that um, can take free tours all day long. And so I'd love to make this a place where, like, the history here is preserved. You know, the history is almost like celebrated and like put to light and people are able to come up here and experience that history, you know, learn from it and also just experience the natural beauty around. I think that every year here, the town speaks to me more about what should be here. And so I imagine that vision might change and progress as the years go on. Of course, moving by yourself to a town that has not had people living in it for almost a century 
comes with some pretty severe logistical challenges. The town has basically nothing. There's no water. Every single thing, every screw, every grocery store run is a kind of complex logistical undertaking. So we're in an abandoned town that is eight miles up a dirt road that's very steep, that's unmaintained, that's rocky, that has cliffs on it. And even if you go to the bottom of the hill, again, the closest Home Depot is an hour and a half from the bottom of the hill, maybe more. You know, there's no big suppliers. And so when it comes time to build something like a commercial hotel, you need a lot of supplies up here. You need rebar, you need millions of pounds of concrete, you need all the lumber to grow up this hill. And it's been a battle. Contractors or supply companies won't bring anything further than Keeler, which is the bottom of the hill. And so they'll dump it in Keeler. Uh, we'll load it onto the five-ton, either manually lifting the stuff up, or our neighbor has a backhoe that sometimes he'll put the stuff in our five-ton for us and then drive it up the hill. And the same goes for everything. I mean, even the water that I flush the toilets with has to be brought up the hill. We don't have any running water. And so I have to load up the military truck with a 1,000 gallons of water, run it up the hill. And so it's just every single thing that maybe I took for granted living in Austin, uh, I don't take for granted here. The project has not been without its severe setbacks. One of the worst moments came not long after he moved in, in late 2020. Yeah, it seemed that things were going quite well. You know, it seemed that, you know, the, the cold weather had left us. I had friends come up. Uh, the old caretaker, Robert, had just come back up. You know, we have finally had people back on the ground to, to start to rebuild this thing. Um, and then a few days later, the hotel burned down in this electrical fire that started in the building next to it. And it was just, yeah, it just took the wind out of everything. You know, it felt like we were having momentum. It just took like everything was gone away. It was one of those times where I didn't know what to do or where to go. I didn't necessarily want to be here, but I didn't want to be anywhere else. I didn't know what was going to go on. I can't change anything that happened, you know, necessarily. And so the only option is is forward, right? And so we could either rebuild or we could just leave it as it was. And so I think that was kind of my marching orders. And pretty much every day since, the guiding light has been getting the hotel open. And so that's meant just the craziest logistical challenges I can ever tackle. What may have been born out of a particular moment in the pandemic has become something else, a kind of holy mission, a quest to make the impossible possible. In a way, it's a theme of the area. There's something called the Burrow-Schmidt Tunnel, which is nearby Cerro Gordo. This tunnel was carved out by one guy over the course of 38 years. Rather than follow a, a dangerous path around El Paso Mountain to mine gold, Bro Schmidt decided he was going to tunnel straight through the mountain, straight through the solid rock. And even when a solution to this problem appeared in the form of a paved road, Schmidt was halfway through the tunnel, and he just continued tunneling. He became obsessed with completing this goal. That kind of dedication, this unwavering commitment, even when others don't get it, it makes sense to Brent. To me, Broschmidt has almost become like a patron saint of this area, you know? He's like a guiding light for me as someone who's pushing forward on this hotel that seems a little bit outrageous to other people. He had what he was doing day in and day out for 38 years. He knew when he woke up, he was putting on his shoes, he was going to dig this hole, and he had a goal in mind. And for me, sometimes looking at the hotel, I see some analogies to this tunnel where it's such a long process. It seems so difficult at times, but I know what I'm doing day in and day out. And so 
I think there's some lessons there. And so I think for the people that it resonates with, it really resonates that the determination and the drive of this guy to spend 38 years, such an insane amount of time to think about to just accomplish this one task. And it still stands today and people still walk through it. In my lowest moments where I was thinking that, man, this hotel is impossible to build, you know, a trip to Schmidt's tunnel rejuvenated me in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's why I like the framing, because I think you're right. I think it's easy to frame as this guy spent 40 years doing this pointless thing. So crazy. But like we kind of spend we all kind of spend our whole lives doing pointless stuff, if you know what I mean. Like there's so little we're just sort of you're living. And I think in a weird way, having a mission, having a goal, having a purpose, even if it only means something to you, is a really deep and meaningful and like valid thing. I have my why, which I think I was searching for a very, very long time. I think some of that dissatisfaction in Austin was not finding that thing that I felt was purposeful, that was meaningful. And so hopefully, much like Burroughs Schmidt was kind of the inspiration to me whenever I felt a little bit down, then hopefully, Sir Gordo, hopefully it comes together. People are like, hey, you know, they built a, a hotel on the top of a mountain and brought a town back to life. Hopefully that's the goal. And hopefully that inspires some people too. The vibe at Cerro Gordo has changed, too. What started out with a search for isolation and lonely days spent trapped in a snowstorm, it's grown into something bigger. And unlike Schmidt Tunnel, which really was just one person, revitalizing Cerro Gordo has become a mission for more than just Brent. How often are you the only person up there, and do you get a little lonely? In the beginning, yeah, there's a lot of lonely time. There's a lot of time that, hey, I found myself, like, talking to the two crows that flew around town, you know, bouncing ideas off of them. But yeah, these days it's 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 quite rare that I'm the only person here. It does happen from time to time, but um, it's just the evolution of the town and the evolution of the experience here, I think. I started to share things online about what I was doing and that kind of attracted some volunteers to come up and check out the place and help out with different projects, which has been really um, motivating. Now it's a very shared experience, it feels. To learn more about what Brent Underwood is up to with Cerro Gordo, you can check out his Instagram at Brent Underwood and YouTube channel called Ghost Town Living. We will put links in the show notes. This episode was produced by Gabby Gladney. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Amanda McGowan, Johanna Mayer, Dylan Theris. Our technical director is Casey Holford. And this episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Theris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Hi, I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. 
Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs. We hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. Of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radio Lab adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.